Yes, indeed, Lord, we are in the midst of the war, and you are in the war with us. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you'd give us today eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive, to let go of foolish notions and misconceptions and counterfeit gospels and bad explanations of what's going on, and let us be ministered to by your truth, by your spirit, to receive the true revelation of who you are in the midst of this war. I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to complete and continue to complete and keep us safe in the midst of what you are doing and letting Satan do to perfect that which concerns us, Lord God, that you are in control. You are good, you are righteous and holy all the time. Father God, that you do not turn against yourself and you do not turn against us. I thank you. You have given us salvation through your own demonstration of love through the blood of Jesus Christ who willingly laid down his life that we might live, that we might be delivered from this the grip of the terrible one, from this present evil age and world, that we are saved through that blood, through his righteousness, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, that you've also included us by giving us power over all the power of the enemy, power to bind, to loose, to forgive, and to even, Lord, forgive and love our enemies. Lord, I thank you for the tremendous power that you have given us, and may we use it willingly and according to your direction by the power of your Holy Spirit. I also thank you for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, action taken, mischief, plots, curses, behind-the-scene, backbiting, nothing, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I pray that you'd stir up our, our listeners today to be encouraged to take up, Lord God, the armor, the shield, the sword, and walk in the power that you've anointed us to walk in. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for uh, that we would speak as the oracles of God. And I pray for those who are tangled up in the theologies that don't work to untangle them today, Father. Set them free from the snares in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Psalm 91. Yeah, Psalm 91. Let's jump into it right here. Um, well, before we jump, can we just say what we're going to jump into? Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Psalm 91 is, a, is a, for those who don't know, Psalm 91 is a, a prayer. It's a, a prayer of promise and protection from the snares and the evil plots and traps and tricks, especially in these days that we're in today where people need divine deliverances, healings, protections, etc. So um, it's just an awesome prayer. So, Well, most of the Psalms, you know, they're written to be sung. Okay, mm -hmm. these are like poems written to be sung, mm -hmm. dealing with the stresses, the battles, the longings, the hopes, the fears, yeah. the confusion. and the victories, mm -hmm. the confusion, mm -hmm. um, and, and then that also, goes on in the hearts of men. That goes on in the hearts of yeah. men, and then at the the ending of it, there's we see the struggle, the problem, the issues, and then we see the conclusions of the focusing on the goodness and the greatness of God. Yeah, it isn't. this psalm doesn't indicate that it was written by David, but I just a kind of a general idea of the psalms is that they are the pouring out of one man, King David, and some others who also were in that same uh, uh, place, where they're actually exposing their prayer, their heart, their confusion, their enemies, the battle to believe God in the midst of tough things, to continue to believe God, 
And so this is a very good place for you to get into the life, heart, feelings of a man who was a great man of God, a man after his own heart. And so when we read these Psalms and prayers, we will see the grappling, the soul fight, you know, oh my soul, why are you so downcast, blah, 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 etc. All of these things. So remember when you're reading the Psalms, you're reading the meditations, the prayers, the songs of a man who was asking God hard questions and, and, and receiving perfect answers. So when you're going through great struggles in your life, we just recommend that you read the Psalms because you will identify there and you will get your focus back on the yeah. Lord rather and, than the issues that are coming against you. And, and speaking of struggles, that's what Psalm 91 is about. The biggest struggle in, in, a, in a nutshell, we won't go into that right this second so much, but the struggle is, is God good? Is God good in the midst of these fiery trials, in the midst of these injustices, in the midst of these um, seeming situations that are designed to take us out, destroy us? Is God good? And is he good all the time? I think we can all agree God is good, but can we really agree that he's absolutely good all the time and that he doesn't change? He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't tempt us. He doesn't test us with evil, as James talks about. So, here we go. So what happens is we get faked out oftentimes by the circumstances. We look right. at the situations, the circumstances mm-hmm. around us, what's going on, how we feel, how we think. Uh, but then it gets down to the place when Psalm 91, verse 1, it says, mm-hmm. uh, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's a, there's a secret place. There's a if something is a secret place. Maybe when you were a kid, you had a secret place where you'd go. Maybe it was your room, your and closet, it was safe, and it was maybe along the creek mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, but um, it was a, it was a safe place where you could be where, yourself. Where you could be yourself. You, you could. You felt yeah. comforted. It was it was your place. No and, worries. And he's talking about the secret place of the Most High. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something where. You are, Jesus said when you pray, he said, go to your closet, go to your secret place and pray. Right. Now, there's something about a, um, how can I say, uh, he's my hiding place. Uh-huh. The Psalms, a very present Psalms help in said. time of trouble. Yeah. Right. He says, you're my hiding place. A rock and of so refuge. He, he's, he's a refuge. And so he says, it talks about uh, dwells in the right. secret place. It's something Stays we just there. don't go that you, you, don't, st- you yeah, stay you abide. there. You hang out there. And um, sometimes we go. go He says um, in Psalm uh, 31 20, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. Mm. You shall hide them, the people, those who fear you. Uh, You will hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man, Mm -hmm. and you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion. It's like a, uh, a shelter. Psalm 31, verse 20, from the strife of tongues. So we got the strife of tongues. People just, plots of men. Evil. uh, Backbiting. Strife of tongues. People talk, 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 evil talk. Right. Plots, schemes, treachery going on. And we don't realize how much that talk and treachery and backbiting and cursing can actually disrupt our whole world. But Jesus, here he's saying, God's saying, get into that secret place where you are safe with me. And, and this is the precursor to um, receiving from Psalm 91, the promises, is that we, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, you're dwelling there, you're not just hanging out there once in a while, 
but you're actually abiding in that place mm-hmm. of knowing you're loved and knowing God is good. In Psalm 32, verses 7 and 8, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. Selah means pause and Ultimate think of this. Peace, yeah. Peace. And, and uh, I, will sur- I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So, yeah, and in, it says under the shadow of his wings. The the, the that would kind of give you the picture of a a baby chick who's under the shadow of the wings of the mother hen, and of course it's warm and secure in there, and you're safe in there, um, and you're not aware then when you're in there of what's really going on out out there because you're inside and under the safety of his the shadow of his wings. Yeah, the the in the case of the the hen, the mama hen is going to protect those. Yeah. Chicks, anybody try anything that tries to come against, she's going to go after. And the them. interesting thing about a mama hen is she will fluff up her wings and her feathers and she will walk slowly and her little chicks have to walk with her to stay under the they shadow of that. Yeah. So stay under that covering otherwise they they slip out and they get in trouble. But he says, I will say of the Lord verse 2, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will in my God in him I will trust. This is the bottom line. This is the foundation. My God in him I will trust. He is our refuge. We're going to have to declare this. We're not going to have to just think about this and maybe but we're going to have to actually verbally declare it from here on out that God is our refuge and strength, our fortress, a very present help in time of trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, though the earth be removed and, and cast into the sea, I will not fear because the Lord is with me. So uh, we this this issue of God and trusting in him, I will trust in the Lord, this is the, the one of the most contested of all uh, Satan's points that he's making against the human race is that God cannot be trusted because look at what he does. Look at what he did to Job. Look at what he did to Abraham, uh, having him sacrifice his son. Look at how Satan gets us to believe that God is 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 uh, fickle and changes his mind and is trying to test us and tempt us and challenge us and see if we'll break and see if we'll believe. That is Satan's version of what's going on. And if you want Satan's version, you're going to have fear and trouble. But God's version is trust me. I'm good. I'm good all the time. I've got your back. I'm for you. Don't look at what it looks like. Jesus said in the last days, do not be deceived. We are going to be one of the bigger temptations we're going to have is to freak out and to be deceived about the goodness of God all the time. The Bible says, uh, Jesus said there were in the last days, there would be men's hearts would be failing them from fear. fear of the mm-hmm. things that are coming on the earth. Yeah. And so, and we uh, already see this. We see the panic. We see the shortages. We see the lack we see the fires, we see the earthquakes, Riots, all these things, and it talks about men turning against men, can't trust people, governments turning against traitors, their people. Yeah, we we of have, all kinds, and we're at here. All we're not, you know, this isn't something in the distant future or the near future. This is now. We are here in the midst of what we need to know and understand that God is my help and and, and very present help in time of trouble. So. This is the bottom line. Can I trust in the Lord? Do I trust in the Lord? The question is, well, do I trust in God? Is God trustworthy? And in your spirit, you know, of course, he's trustworthy. He doesn't lie. He's good all the time. But your soul does not know that all the time because your soul is always calculating, looking at appearances, looking at circumstances. And so we have to stand in the spirit and declare God is my refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble. You have to be brave enough to go against what it looks like in order to declare the truth. So this is that secret place. 
you're in the Lord's presence. presence you're yep. in that awareness of God and His greatness over all these things. That and we over face. and all the time, no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter what comes up suddenly or what is on the horizon and you see coming, and you're the the temptation is to fear and and being afraid, and uh, that's not that is the the, te- the the test is can I trust God in the midst of all these terrible things? Um, and then he goes on to begin to say what God will deliver us from. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler or the catcher of birds, the trapper of birds. We're like, our souls are like, you know, something Satan wants to trap. He wants to catch us and in, 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 uh, in, entangle and ensnare us. And so much of your life, if you look at it, is an entrapment. It's, you're stuck. You're in a place that looks like there's no way out. There's no, you're just kind of, uh, freaking out like a, like an animal cat captured in a in a small cage you're just you know something bad is this is not good this is not freedom and you're just panicking to to get out of this snare and yet you beat your little wings against the snare and it only hurts you more and and so he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler the fowler is the evil one who sets up words you know um curses um situations accusations um dif- betrayals treason treachery against us and um then on on that hand you're being set up and then the devil comes in from the other side and says and you had it coming you deserved it you're guilty you sinned therefore god is mad at you and this snare and trap is to teach you a lesson and that is the absolute demonic the that's demonic theology that god is here to teach you a lesson god doesn't need to know what you're going to do because he already knows it from the foundation of the world and he doesn't need to teach you a lesson because he's not, he's not here to teach you a lesson. He is here to perfect that which concerns you. He's, we are his workmanship. He is working on us to perfect us. He's not expecting us to perfect ourselves so that we can come to him. He, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. He is faithful to complete the work he has, he has begun in us. Psalm 91.3 there, it says, he shall, what we're talking about, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the trap. There's a there's two parts of that. He can deliver you from the snare of the fowler by not getting into the trap, right. keeping you away from the trap, mm-hmm. or if you've been caught in the trap, caught in the trap of uh, addiction, mm-hmm. caught caught in the trap of fear, caught in the Drugs, trap of medications, bef- bef- betrayal, or wherever it is. Mm-hmm. He can pull you out of that. He can take you out of that trap. And many people are suffering in their physical bodies. Uh, entrapped in physical illnesses and maladies and, and heart, their hearts are failing them, like you said, for fear. Because the body cannot f- handle this. The body, the hypothalamus, et cetera, are, are, are sending dangerous messages through the body. The body's becoming more agitated, fearful. And, and we need to calm down in that secret place. And if you, you, you get, turn off the television, turn off the vibrations and the frequencies that are bombarding you from this world, turn off the opinions of man and, and go into that quiet place and just sit there. Maybe it's at the beach. Maybe it's, you know, with your feet in the water. Maybe it's in your closet. So years ago, someone did a painting, and it was entitled Peace. And it was along a rocky shore of the ocean, and there were storm clouds. The wind was blowing. Mm-hmm. The waves were crashing against the rocks. And... It would, the, the title of it was Peace, and people first looked at it, and they said... Um, this doesn't look like peace. It doesn't look like peace <laughs> to like me. It's like a and they hurricane. Said, look, look closer. 
And in the, in the cleft of one of those rocks, in a little hole in one of the rocks along the shore was a little bird mm-hmm. just sitting in that little spot mm-hmm. in that secret place, safe, okay, in the midst of the storm all And he was it. smart enough to not leave that secret place. Just if he had went out there, he it, got beat well, up by the wind. It says he who abides in the secret place. That's where you live. Yeah. This is where you live all the time. You're in the secret place when you're at work. You're in the secret place when you're driving your car. You're at the secret place when you're at your, with your family. See, Jesus used that word abiding when he talked in John, um, was it 15, about 15, being yeah. the, the, the vine and we're the branch. And really that word abiding is what a branch does. The branch abides in the vine. It hangs in there. It stays in there through the winter, through the spring, through the, the frost, through the, 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 the deluge, through the drought. The, the branch abides. It stays there in its place. It doesn't hop off the vine and say, I can't handle this anymore. You're not doing a very good job of keeping me safe. I'm going to go out on my own. So abiding means you're you're not going to jump, cut yourself free, go do it yourself. That's the whole, that's the devil's solution to all of this crazy is you go take care of it yourself. And that's the that's the bottom line, line of, lie of witchcraft. So there's only two power sources in the world. One is God's and one is Satan's. And Satan gets you to believe the lie. I can't trust God. I've got to do it myself. I can't wait for God like Saul, I can't wait for the prophet to come. I have to take matters into my own hands because the people are getting restless. So we 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 are driven, freaked out, panicked to do something when we should be sitting and abiding and 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 probably doing nothing. Trusting. Trusting exactly. Resting. Yeah. Yeah. So in Psalm ninety-one verse four, he shall cover you with his wait, feathers. Pe- pe- perilous pestilence. Oh yeah, we don't want to skip <laughs> those two skip words. That. Oh yeah, and he'll deliver us. Surely, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Um, this is dangerous. Perilous da- means dangerous. Dangerous plague, the plagues. And there are many. So how many plagues? We've got, we got COVID. We've got all kinds of plagues, mm-hmm. uh, lies, plagues of, well, fear. just lies. Fear. Plagues of fear. Fear Pla- plagues the plagues human race. Of, you know, we got, you know, we got cancer. We've got all mm. kinds of plagues. Right. It says he will deliver us from the perilous pestilence. So the pestilence, whatever that is in your life right now, and the plagues, the plagues are things that plague us. They What's plaguing you right now? Yeah. Whatever is plaguing you, the Lord says he shall deliver you. And, but the, but, and, and perilous pestilence, I think the biggest peril of all is falling into the trap designed by fear. Fear. And once you're afraid... Your, your challenge, your trust, your confidence, your peace, your hope, everything is down the drain. You open yourself to the control of Satan. Fear means false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R. And Satan is a master of the smoke and mirrors. We're not saying in reality it's not crazy out there. Reality is crazy, you know, but, but Jesus said don't judge or make up your judgments based on the appearance of the way things are looking. Look at me. This is where faith comes. When they were blocked up against the Red Sea, the appearance was, we're dead. Any minute now, Pharaoh's going to break through the, the pillar of, of fire or the, the cloud of, of, of smoke. Any minute now, he's going to break through and he's just going to come and slaughter us. That was fear, you know, a false evidence. It was, it was real, 
but it wasn't the God's plan. God's plan was way beyond that. And the people, I'm sure they did not sit for a second and think, I just know God's going to open up this Red Sea. I just know he's going to, he's going to do that. They could have said, God's going to have to open up the Red Sea, but they wouldn't say, I just know he's going to. I don't even think Moses thought that. I, I think Moses was just like with the rest of them. Okay, what is it, God? What do you want me to do? Okay, simple. Just lift up the rod. That's it. You know, I don't even know. Did he say words when he lifted up the rod? I can't remember. He just said, lift up the rod. Yeah. How simple, how, how profound, how stunning, how stupid that you're going to lift up your rod over this, this big body of water and it's going to open up and boom, you're going to walk through it on dry ground. I mean, guys, God, we have to not put God in our little fear box to say he can't do it or he's got to do it this way. He can, he can do it in a split second. He can do it whichever way he wants. He can deliver us. And because he is good, he's upright and righteous all the time. He will deliver us. And the people of Israel at that time, they're, they're, I'm sure they're thinking, how, how can we be delivered? There's, there's no way well, we I, can be delivered out of this. Who, who, who would conceive well, that, they'd already oh, seen God's, a lot of miracles, yeah, though. Yeah, but God's, oh, God's going to open up the Red Sea in front of us and we'll walk through on dry ground. Sure, I'm sure that's how he's going to do. Most That wasn't, I don't think, any people's thoughts. They were People were afraid. They thought, okay, well, we've seen miracles, but this is it now. We're done. We have limited God in uh, the way we see him as, what, as to what he can do or not do. And because they were confused, because we are confused, really, the bottom line, we're confused about the goodness of God and that God is good all the time, and God is for us, and God doesn't go back and forth on his word, and God is not contrary to or contradict himself. God is not bipolar. And, and we say, well, you know, because we've sinned, you know, God's mad at us, and this is a punishment. All of this is God judging us right now, these pestilences and earthquakes and fires. It's all God. No, it's really not. I know it, God can judge us. God will judge the world in the end. He will judge the wicked. He will wrap everything up in justice and in truth, and he will vindicate himself, and he will vindicate us. But right now, I believe the judgments are coming from Satan because we have exercised our free will to sin against God. And so Satan is, is also in this equation, and he says, okay, they're listening to me. They're butchering their babies. They're practicing witchcraft. They're going, you know, they're... they're the sexual perversions, they're, they're giving place, they're giving me a place, therefore, they're exercising their free will to give their power to me, therefore, this is what I want to do. I want to use their, their disobedience, their unbelief, their fear against them to kill them in front of God and know that God is, honors his word, and he said, if they listen to me, I get them. If we listen to the devil... Whom we yield ourselves servants to obey, a slave we become. So if we're listening to the devil, whose counsels us through fear and taking matters into our own hands and casting off God and creating other uh, scenarios of how we want to live and what we want to do, then Satan says, I have a right to judge them. And so Satan's demonic judgments are coming upon us and we say it's from God. And then we get scared and mad at God because God's letting all these bad things happen to us when that is not really the truth. God has to permit these things, not because he's helpless, but because he's just. And you and I have used our free will. Maybe you and I haven't, but many have enough to give the majority of the vote to Satan. Satan says, okay, now I'm going to use your free will against you. I'm going to use your agreements against you. I get to bring these demonic judgments. And then he, but the, 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 he gets two for one because not only does he get to punish us, 
himself, but he gets to also make it look like it's God, blame it onto God so that we're even more isolated from the only one who loves us and who can deliver us from this mess because we're feeling guilty and I had it coming and I'm bad. How many times does guilt convince you you had it coming and you deserve what's happening to you right now? How many, how many times does this friend poverty convince you you don't deserve anything good because you sinned and you're bad and you don't deserve good things? How many times has his friend infirmity convinced you that you need to be sick because you need to pay for what you did because God is mad at you and he's teaching you a lesson? God does not need to teach you a lesson. God is the, is, he's, he is the lesson. He is the one perfecting. See, this whole thing is about God too. It's about God being vindicated, validated in his choice to create us in the first place, to find people, a family that will love him. So this thing is way bigger than you and your little sin. If you have sinned, and yes, we do sin, and God says when you sin, not if, but when, confess it. He doesn't say do uh, for our fathers and three Hail Marys. He said confess your sin. Confess it. Tell, because when you do that, what you're doing is you're actually coming out of agreement with the lie and the agreement to, to fear, and to commit the sin. You're coming out of that agreement. You're canceling that agreement by the confession. And then you're saying, Lord, I changed my mind. I repent. I turn back to you. So confess and repent. And then he says, okay, that's good. Now we're back on track. He does. And, and then you say, well, there are consequences to that sin, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Satan's going to make you know that he still has some right to, to punish you. But if you receive the forgiveness of God, then you're not willing to receive Satan's punishment or correction. So therefore, you can stand and say, no, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke this plague. I rebuke this poverty. I rebuke this infirmity because God has forgiven me. It is the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus Christ that has set me free from this trap, this snare, this trap that guilt sets, this trap that, that uh, condemnation and unforgiveness set. We have got to receive God's forgiveness, whether we feel it or not, because when God forgives us, he forgives us. Otherwise, Satan can come back and say, well, you know what? They don't really believe that you forgave them, so therefore, I still get to punish them. Does this make sense? Well, what we're living in yes. in, our, in our world right now is, the, in a sense, consequences of our, the human beings, human race. us human beings, the human race, uh, op- rejecting God and opening ourselves to the lies of the enemy, mm-hmm. and then we have the fruit of this. He said in Jeremiah two seventeen, "Have you not brought this on yourself in that you have forsaken the Lord your God mm-hmm. when He led you in the way?" So, we're, 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 our, our world is surrounded with consequences of men, other people's sins. People's sins. Other people's sins too. People's sins who have open themselves up to the enemy and then you open yourself up to the enemy and you bring judgments you bring you bring demonic, control you bring judgments all these things but back to psalm 91 mm-hmm. he says you shall um, he shall cover you with his feathers we spoke about that earlier kind of like little chicks under uh, under the mama hen and under the, his wings you shall take refuge his truth shall mm-hmm. be your shield and your buckler right truth there the, stop the, because the shield of faith yeah, you know, it talks about in, in, but his truth shall be your the truth shield shall and your buckler. Be your protection. In the other truth. words, it's a shield is like your big shield, and your buckler is like your small shield. But but it says that and his truth shall be your protection. His truth, knowing the truth, knowing that God is good all the time, and also knowing that you are now righteous. Not yeah, you're still human. We still have you know. Uh, vulnerabilities to be tempted. We have needs. 
We have needs to for food, clothing, shelter, air pressures, water temperatures, whatever. We have those things. We're vulnerable still. Our soul is still under the influence of much of what it's learned and experienced through the pit. The, those mindsets, belief systems are still there, and they can be tapped into. They can be op- used as the operating systems. Or you can do what the Bible says, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh or the weaknesses of the flesh or the, the, the cravings and desires that set you up to agree with the lies. So trust here. He is my trust. God is good all the time. He will deliver us no matter. Yes, it, you know, he can, it says in Revelation, I think, that they seal the righteous, that God knows the righteous. He knows how to deliver the righteous out of tribulation. And But the thing is, you have to agree with God that he is your deliverer, that you are worth saving because he already died to save you. You have to come into an agreement with God that you are good because he, he is good. He made you in his image. You love goodness. That's why we hate sin, because we love goodness. That's why we feel guilty, because we hate sin. And that's why we get mad, but we have to forgive those people who do these things. We have to release it back to God. Let God be the judge of all of that because he is the judge and he will be the judge of all of that wickedness. In Psalm, in Psalm 91, all these blessings, so you've got this secret place with all the turmoil all around. We have to keep in mind, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for those who stay dwell there, in, live there, stay there, yeah. live in that secret place of trust and truth. Um, it's, it's going to be, uh, you'll not be Covering afraid. Protection. He says, you'll not be afraid of the terror by night. Right. Because the angels watch over us. We have to realize that in the night, in the day, we are accompanied by our angels and the angels of God have been commissioned to protect us. And we, I, we don't pray to our angels but we ask God and he sends his ministers as flames of fire to protect us, to watch over us. And it's not that you're going to go out and do something stupid because, you know, you got angels now and you can just be dumb, but it's, we're going to walk in respect and honor those things, but know that there is nothing in the night that God doesn't know about. The darkness is a time when Satan comes out and pops on people and jumps on their beds and tries to strangle them and suffocate them and cause them to be able not to breathe or sexually assault them or freak them out with bad dreams and nightmares. Satan uses the darkness because he thinks God can't see, but God is in the darkness. God is right there in your room when Satan is attacking you in the middle of the night where you can't sleep. God is also there. His angels are watching over you all the time. His angels are there to make sure that Satan doesn't go too far. And so even though Satan goes, you think too far, way too far, he did this, he got by with this, you're still here and you're not dead and you're still seeking God and, you're, and God still knows about you and God is still uh, working to per- perfect that which concerns us. God is going to be victorious in your life. And for some, I believe God is going to be victorious in your life, whether you believe it or not in some ways, because again, it's not up to me to have the faith. I need to ask God for that faith, of the faith of Jesus Christ. Sometimes victory comes through surrender and stop trying to be strong and do it all yourself and be the perfect Christian and and make God happy. Just settle down, just abide, be as little children, trust God, enjoy him and and stay in the shelter of his protection. Because in in verses five and six here, there's no fear. If there's no fear, no, then there's that's then there's perfect love. There's trust. Perfect there's perfect love. love. Cast out fear. Because when what whatever's going on around us, um, terror. What what have we got in our in our world today? Terror, lies, arrow, mm-hmm. the flies by day. Not only fiery. Mm-hmm. Not only weapons. Not only murders with with guns and stuff, 
but but biochemicals, bioweapons, bioweapons, weather weapons, uh, um, yeah, poisons in our foods, po- poisons, uh, uh, the tongues, people that speak, the vibrations, evil. the G, the the forces of the the vibrations in the G four, five, six, whatever it is, all of that stuff is designed to do one thing, to kill us. Yeah, pestilence. Uh, that walks in the darkness. The, so, if you yeah, destruction that lays waste and so pestilence, you know, even destruction, seeing, all these things. Even seeing people still able to function to the point where they can drive their cars on the road, they can go off on the weekend and they can figure out how to do some food and they can halfways, you know, get an education. But even the fact that they can semi function is amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing it's power of God. of God to keep us. <laughs> And, you know, people are dropping and dying from all kinds of things. And that ultimately is not necessarily a judgment of God upon them. Ultimately, it may be God's finest deliverance of them to get them off the planet. And just one more thing before we leave. Just, just before God sent the flood in Noah's day, and we, Jesus said this will be like in the days of Noah, God was taking home all the righteous. They died before the flood. They didn't die in the flood. Uh, Methuselah was the last one to die, and he died a natural death at 969 years old. Um, Abraham, I mean, sorry, uh, Adam had just died. Abraham hadn't been yet. He wasn't here yet. Um, and so the people who were righteous, except for Noah who and his family who went into the boat, into the ark, the rest all were taken away. And I believe that God is taking us away from the, from the wrath uh, and the judgment because he didn't want them people to go through the judgment. They didn't need to die drowning, screaming and crying out and trying to get into an ark. They were... They died their natural death. Or they died at the, the appointed time for them to die. The righteous. The righteous did, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And so this is now so true. People are being taken off the planet suddenly, sadly. But in every every situation where a person leaves the planet and knows the Lord, it's a time for celebration and a time to praise God because I know it's hard, but at the same time, they're being delivered from the wrath to come. So Father... Again, we go through this psalm, and we didn't even get near the end of it, but just to wrap up a 90, Psalm 92, which really ends Psalm 91, you have to go all the way to 92. He says in verse 12, 13, 14, and 15, for the, he says, For the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, or abide under his shadow, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is what? The Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So what's the whole point of the test? To declare that God is upright and that he is not unrighteous, but righteous. He is good all the time. So ultimately, all these tests, if we get through all these tests and can still can still say that God is righteous, God is upright, and, all, and there is no, no, no darkness in him, no unrighteousness in him. He is good all the time. Then we and God have passed the test. We have endorsed our God no matter what. We believe in him no matter what. And when you do that, you also win. So Father God, we thank you for the revelation of your love and truth that you'd up, uh, turn over, upset the lies that, that Satan has formed against you in the hearts and minds of people all through the earth and many generations to create a confusion and distrust and doubt about the goodness of God. Lord God, you are the only one we've got. You're the only one who keeps us here alive 
from day to day, breathing and moving and not being slammed and crushed by the enemy. You are our faithful witness. You have sent your son to save us. You are with us now in the midst of this World War III, if you will. And we praise you, Lord. We, we give you praise and we ask you to, to lift the burden of confusion and doubt and double-mindedness about the goodness of God off of the people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, guys, before you turn off, let's check out liferecovery.com for new ideas, blogs, radio shows, CDs, information, uh, things that will help you strengthen and uh, your understanding of this war that we're in. Check it out, liferecovery.com. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.